Welcome to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, a podcast intended not just for parents or caregivers, but individuals seeking guidance around challenging behaviors or recurring and negative patterns in your life. Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast aims to have you asking, who am I parenting here, my child or myself? This podcast has a vision of you, the adult, stumbling upon a new relationship with the child you once were. Parenting is no easy task, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We are happy you are here. I'm your host, Julie Clark, child and youth care practitioner, registered psychotherapist and trauma therapist. I want to break down barriers related to stigma and seeking help for mental health. If something in this podcast resonates with you, I urge you to reach out to a licensed or registered healthcare professional. Don't go at it alone and let's get started. Hello, good morning. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I am good. How about you? Good. You and I have never met. And so I just want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. It's Abdeep, correct? Yes, you yeah. got it. Awesome. So welcome to my podcast and to my Somatic Experiencing Practitioner series. I'm super excited to talk with you today. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you had posted something about one of your upcoming groups on an online forum or something. I was like, well, I want to chat with that person. So I'm excited to get into that with you. Um, I looked up your website, innerhealing.ca, and Mm -hmm. I have immediately what stands out for me is the peacock feather. Oh, interesting. Because I have a peacock feather tattoo. (laughs) Oh, no way. <laughs> so the colors and the, you know, everything about that immediately spoke to me in maybe ways that others don't maybe know what that is when they look at it. Um, mm-hmm. That might be the case. But do you have any, I'd love to know your your thoughts about putting that on there. What about that intrigued you for your website? That's a great question. I really think it was just um, the spiritual meanings behind a peacock and mm-hmm. The idea of transformation and just the colors were something mm-hmm. I was really drawn to. I love water and yeah. it just has nature colors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this podcast too and about SE altogether. I'm like, mm-hmm. what drew me to anything, even including that peacock feather? And it mm-hmm. really is the impulse mm-hmm. that um, arose from within. So, Yeah. And that's one of the first questions that I had was what brought you to SE work? And so help me understand for you, and you're trained as an occupational therapist, correct? I am. I'm an occupational therapist from 2003 to 2016. Mm -hmm. And what brought me to SE? I know we have to giggle. Right, right. We know. (laughs) So (laughs) funny that you just said that. I'm just going to shut my door because my dog's deciding she's going to join the podcast and I don't want her to. (laughs) Um, We do have to laugh because there, (laughs) I think without you saying, it's sort of, you know, there is normally a path that leads us to SE, isn't there? There is 100%. Mm-hmm. You nailed it on the head, a path that leads to SE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think my path was sort of a, I don't know, where from where I'm sitting, it feels like a slow path to mm-hmm. SE. 
um, I think it started for me in 2012, 2013, just knowing something is missing when I work in occupational therapy with my, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm near Toronto, Canada, we call them mm-hmm. patients in the hospital mm-hmm. and so many young and with strokes and things that normally you would see much later on in mm-hmm. life. And, I'm, and I thought something so reactive in our healthcare, there needs to be more proactive healthcare. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was me just starting my own sort of meditation practices, Tai Chi practices, intentionally focusing on my own health. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, things just started falling into my lap, mm-hmm. like non-conventional, non-Western mm-hmm. modalities. It started with Reiki and then mindfulness and um, an energy healing modality called Theta Healing. Mm-hmm. And then I took neurolinguistic programming. Then I took heart math coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And through it all, I love everything I've taken. And they all really supported my clients and myself, of course. It always starts with yes. supporting ourselves mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. Um, but something felt like it was missing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably around 2016. Someone told me about a couple of books, uh, The Body Keeps the Score mm-hmm. by Cecil Vanderkolk and mm-hmm. um, When the Body Says No by mm-hmm. Dr. Gabor Mati. Mm-hmm. And when I read them, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this mm-hmm. is the missing piece, the mm-hmm. nervous system, the physiology, the brain. And, and being an occupational therapist, mm-hmm. I felt really drawn to it because mm-hmm. I worked with uh, in, in a neuro rehab unit. Oh, anyway. okay. okay. So just, just that piece about neuro and the brain and um, it already resonated with me mm-hmm. um yeah and then I think the tipping point for what really got me into SE was I had a concussion myself in mm. 2018 in April mm-hmm. and I was still thinking about SE I'm like oh Peter Levine it had been about good two years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um I kept contemplating, oh gosh, do I take another course? <laughs> My husband's like, are you going to register from something else again? <laughs> and it's not a short course. <laughs> no, it's a big commitment, right? Yeah. Three years yeah. and all these personal sessions, case consults. Yes. So yeah. I think it was the concussion that was sort of the tipping. Mm. My symptoms weren't resolving. It had been six, seven, eight months and my doctor said, you know, you need to go on medications for anxiety and depression and, mm. you know, medications support us. And I just knew from my own system, that wasn't the answer at the time. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, if you're not going to take medications, then you need to go for therapy. Mm. And I said, well, if I'm going to go for therapy, I might as well try SE. Mm-hmm. And um, I found a practitioner that resonated from the SEI website. Mm-hmm. And I saw her once and I thought, I am sold. I'm registering. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, and Julie, the synchronicities was wild. It was just wild <laughs> yeah. because the other thing was I didn't want to travel. There had never been any local SE trainings in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gee, where am I going to travel? I might have to go to the States or BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a family, I have kids. It just, mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. difficult to figure out how to do mm-hmm. that over. And again, it's, well. yeah, exactly. Every three months for four right. days and then six days in the final year. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And um, the expense. And then 
with the concussion, I was barely on mm-hmm. Facebook. I happened to be on Facebook in December and it was mm-hmm. just divine timing. Mm-hmm. There's a Toronto SE training. <laughs> <laughs> that actually the same thing happened to me here in Ottawa. Really? I, yeah, there, there hadn't been a cohort in Ottawa and uh, the same sort of thing. It just sort of appeared and voila, here I am all these years later. It was around 2016 for me as well, actually. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. And, and you know, when that happens, I think there's this, um, I don't know, there's an element of trust mm-hmm. and, and just following what shows up. So yeah. Because it was already on the radar anyways. And then, you know, there's these doubts and as there was with me as well, I was just finishing my master's degree at that point. And I was pretty, mm. I was pretty tired. Yeah. You I know, imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so you started, and that's probably with Patricia and her team. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And Burns. And Burns. Yeah. So Burns was my faculty as well here in Ottawa. Okay. For all three mm-hmm. of your years? For all three of my years. And Patricia's running another cohort right now, and I'm assisting with them ah, virtual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Small world. It's, you know, that SC. Um, and for those who are listening, you mentioned SEI a moment ago, that's Somatic Experiencing International. That's traumahealing.org. There's a directory on there that anyone who might be listening and internationally, wherever you are, you can go on that website and find a practitioner, as it sounds like you were able to do. And after one session, it was so profound for you. That's pretty cool. It, it was. It was stuff about the concussion that came up that, you know, eight, nine months, later I was blown away I'm like where is this Mm. emotion coming from I had never Mm. felt some of these emotions Mm -hmm. the night of the concussion or Mm -hmm. any time after and um yeah so I signed up for the training and it was March 2019 Mm -hmm. beginning one and and even then I was unsure I thought oh I'm just gonna do one module first Mm -hmm. module beginner (laughs) one and I'll see how it is Mm -hmm. And I went into beginning one. I remember the first day I still had post-concussion symptoms. Light bothered me. The half-hour drive into the city bothered me. Mm-hmm. And I said to Patricia, I said, by the end of day one, I said, I don't think I'm going to make this training. Mm-hmm. And the one question she asked me that I have held mm-hmm. and that it supports me up until now, mm-hmm. she asked me, Avdeep, what do you need? What do you need? Yeah, for us to support you in this training. Yeah, just what do do I need from Mm -hmm. my insides? And even Mm -hmm. seeing it right now, I know Mm -hmm. it's such a somatic response, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it just, I don't know, it just shifted so many things for me and Mm -hmm. just the permission. Yes, the permission, yes. mm -hmm, Permission to, you want to lie down, go lie down. You want to step out, step out. You want to close your eyes, close your eyes. Yeah. You need some assistance from um, assistants that are mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. reach out to them. And yeah, something about that just shifted the training. Mm-hmm. I went in day one, hiding in my car at lunchtime. Was, mm-hmm. You know, they have two hour lunches mm-hmm. or they used to when it was in person. Yeah. Which and I didn't I understand like, at the beginning. I was like, yeah. okay, come on, let's get on with this. <laughs> I was frustrated, but then quickly realized what the whole goal was. <laughs> right. I was in my car too, empty. Were you? <laughs> yes. And we were in this beautiful park setting in Vanier here in Ottawa. Mm. And I had all this stuff surrounding me, but here I was sitting in my car and I was like, this is silly. Anyhow, 
carry on yeah yeah Yeah. that's interesting I Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate you sharing your experience yeah it's too funny Mm -hmm. yeah no I would go to my car I would still you know put um earplugs in and cover my eyes just because of light and sound sensitivity Mm -hmm. post-concussion and four this is the impact the SE training itself had on me by day four I was saying to people I'd been sitting with, I was, I was saying, who wants to go for lunch? Let's go to a restaurant. <laughs> and it was, wow. near, yeah, yeah, it was near Young and Eglinton, which is a really busy area downtown mm-hmm. Toronto. Okay. And um, we went to Pickle Barrel, one, one other classmate and I, and we chatted for the whole time. And to mm. me, I finally understood what I had been reading in books about oh. being in a ventral vagus state. Oh, so cool. A place of connection. Yeah. And, wow. you know, that was what those four days shifted a year of post-concussion symptoms and other symptoms mm-hmm. I had had prior mm-hmm. even around, mm-hmm. you know, fatigue and other things. And um, so, yeah, I was really grateful. And that's what sold me that this was the missing piece in all these nice. healing modalities that I was taking, you know, for myself yeah. and for my clients. And the resonance too with the OT training that you had. And yeah. Nice. Yes. And thanks for naming that because mm-hmm. that's something I often not neglect as a strong um, undervalue or something you know mm-hmm. because even when I do eye work or if I have clients and I notice things happening with their eyes mm-hmm. it's something I'm very attuned to and I really think it comes from my training as an OT and working in neuro rehab mm-hmm. so you know there's just, a specialty skill set there that just in a way almost comes naturally to you but for someone like myself I'm not going to pick up on that in quite the same way you know mm-hmm And that's what I absolutely love. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series was, um, and maybe I'll jump to my third question, which is normally, um, what are you noticing about requests for SE work? If you're getting specific requests from people for somatic experiencing work, um, I ask people that I'm interviewing, what are you noticing, if anything? And it was the referrals that I was getting as a mental health clinician and a somatic experiencing practitioner that people were specifically asking for somatic experiencing. And so that spoke, that's just really been in the last two years. Mm. And that spoke to me in a way that, wow, people are really doing their education because when I was putting the work into practice, sometimes we're starting at, you know, this level versus, you know, someone who already is aware of what somatic experiencing is and has sort of informed themselves of the basics and is coming to me with that. They start at a, at a bit of a different level, right? Cause that awareness is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, part of it was um, wanting to talk to people who came to somatic work from a different Avenue. I came to it from being, a mental health clinician and being trained in child and youth care in my undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. And when I started working with adults in my master's program, I went back to school as a mature student, totally switched careers and went into mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was doing my internship for my hours for my master's degree, I thought, well, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to work with adults because, you know, I was so specialized in children and youth. Right. And very quickly did I realize that I had given 
at this point, um, seven and a half years of my life to university. And my very first patient, I was in a um, family health team setting, was in their 50s and suffered so much complex trauma. Mm -hmm. The fact that I was their first therapist ever just overwhelmed me. Mm. And I was like, how can I have all this training and no trauma Mm. training? They were creating an elective in my master's degree after I left, but it wasn't available to me. And it was an elective. (laughs) It was one course in the entire program. And so that's when I knew someone that was doing the SE work in Vermont. And I appreciated what felt to me to be, um, like exposure therapy, for example, is I always give the example and my understanding of it, and I'm not trained in it is, you know, if you don't like spiders, the ultimate goal is to like hold a spider, for example. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Why would I want anybody else to do that? Like, (laughs) I don't want to learn how to do that. Yeah. And there was just this like sensitivity, this gentleness, that permissive stuff that I was understanding based on my colleague that SE was. And so despite being exhausted, having done the masters, I had to take advantage of the fact that the Ottawa cohort was starting and um, didn't know what I was getting into truly, but it felt right. Um, And then, you know, then I stayed and, uh, and blossomed. So just to go back to my question, what are you noticing about requests for SE work specifically in your practice? Yeah. Yes. That's a great question. Um, Hmm. I think I can relate to you in that people that reach out to me, they are coming specifically for SE. Mm-hmm. So some folks I find, um, you know, they're already body workers. They're familiar with the nervous system. They mm-hmm. sort of have a sense of SE and they can jump right into the work quite with, with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and others are coming, you know, having done years of talk therapy, but they have a real curiosity and a real gut sense that they need something different and they're drawn to SE. So they're coming to me for that. Um, and yeah, in terms of, and then I find the types of clients I'm getting are a bit of a mix. I do seem to draw people with a history of childhood sexual abuse and mm-hmm. that's and then it comes overlaid with, you know, attachment trauma. And then, it, you know, a lot of syndromal types of situations. Mm-hmm. So that's what seems to come my way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Well, and I think it's, for me, it's just this interesting. So I started doing SE work in 2016. And as we've both said, there hadn't been a training in Toronto and there hadn't been one in Ottawa. And I've since learned that it was it was a fairly difficult market uh, to get into. That's because um, somatic experiencing international is U.S. based. Right. Um, and so coming up to Ontario or I don't know if it was Canada or Ontario. I know there's some faculty for the Institute located in British Columbia, and I think one in Alberta. So there's already less faculty Canadian from that Canadian viewpoint as part of the Institute. But so it might've been Ontario. It was a difficult market to, to um, reach into is, is what I was understanding. But as we both know, eventually they did break in and um, they've done multiple cohorts up here and down, you know, the Toronto, London, Ontario way. And yeah. so it's flourishing and it's blossoming and, 
um, the Ottawa cohort just graduated a uh, full cohort in April. Right. So of course the COVID challenges created a whole bunch of things, but they actually graduated. So they got that group out and they have another one starting in September. And from my understanding, the applications that they received were, they were blown away um, wow. by the interest. So this is what I'm noticing. This is what I'm seeing. I mean, 2016, even for you doing your, tra- your training, 2018, 2019, like that's not a really long time ago. And to, you know, have this, what feels like this abundance of, you know, curiosity and um, interest in the work just excites me. And yeah, um, me too. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Cause it does it. So many people say, you know, I have done the cognitive behavioral stuff and it, it, you know, I could recite that and I can do it in these circumstances, but I just feel like there's more, right? And that's where the movement piece comes in. And so I know I definitely want to talk to you about some of the um, the Trump, the Tai Chi stuff or the Chinese medicine stuff. I don't think that's movement, yeah. but I'm, sh- I'm showing my ignorance here because I want to get the specifics from you. But um, right. <laughs> Yeah. So just the, like you say, the rhythms of nature, the expansion, contraction, sort of those elements, people are becoming more aware of, I suppose, in essence, that trendy mind body experience that you hear about. Um, Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It is is exciting. And just going back to the Ottawa cohort, I actually, I actually did April um, advance too with, with. um, (laughs) I wasn't there. Yeah. I, I, that was my uh, last training just this year and the year before it was with Kathy and it was online for advanced one okay yeah 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 but yeah getting back to your um question around tai chi and Mm -hmm. there just seems to be an alignment for me I think when we connected before over email I was saying that there's elements in tai chi and qigong that I see in se and it it just reminds me that you know, SE is also pulling for, from some of these older traditions, right, around mm-hmm. what's already known, and it's just becoming more packaged to the word that comes and mm-hmm. uh, teachable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those ideas of expansion, contraction, you know, connecting to, to, I don't know, there's so much in Tai Chi that I feel like I can't even articulate mm-hmm. it sometimes. Um, yeah, the idea that things pass, and that's what we see in SE, right? People have activation, discharge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and settling. And there's so many similarities I see in Tai Chi and SE. And what I appreciate is I'm taking, um, I'm almost done the Tao of Trauma training mm-hmm. with Elaine Duncan, who she's an SE P and uh, a five element Chinese medicine practitioner. Mm-hmm. So she's really brought in the essence of uh, nature and the five seasons and sort of overlaid them on 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 what Peter talks about in terms of self-protective responses and boundaries and how they might show up in different elements and how you might see them in a client Mm. so you know and and for instance season of fall is the element of metal it's the Mm. organs of lungs the diaphragm skin it's the emotions of grief and wisdom Mm. so when i you know when i've done the touch work with for advance one and two Mm -hmm. and the Tao of trauma work which brings in touch in a in a similar way yet a different way Mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense to me and when i work with clients i in, in in chinese medicine 
folks will have a certain constitution and I sort of see, I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much of a metal element and it, it helps guide how I work with people as well. Mm-hmm. Can you explain metal for a second? I'm not sure I'm understanding what you mean by that. Metal, so that, you know, you have five seasons, mm-hmm. fall, winter, spring, summer, late summer in, in the five element um, Chinese medicine. So okay. each season has a, an, an earth element. So fall is the metal element mm-hmm. and winter is the water element. So each season has an element. Mm-hmm. Okay. And spring is wood. Okay. So it's a connection to nature. Oh, and I okay, think gotcha. is connecting to our nature. Mm-hmm. You know, our own body's innate intelligence, which is mm-hmm. nature. We're part of nature. Mm-hmm. And these elements are part of us too. Mm-hmm. And just contextualizing it in that way and reminding us as a human species that we are nature, that we are mammals. We don't think of ourselves in those ways. And I think it's very grounding to help understand those aspects of our presence our being in the world rather than just you know our title or our name or our position in our you know our identity in a family setting or in a community setting it's we're so much I feel like we've been far removed from those natural elements of who we are as a human species and the suffering, right? And the suffering, I think, is is the byproduct of that. And those of us that, you know, are doing these, I don't know what you want to call them. I was going to say deeper level work, but some could argue that one way or another. And that's not what I my intention is. But just to really sort of bring the body into the healing Um there's a for me there's a grounding aspect even right just back to my connection with the peacock feather and Mm -hmm. you know my evolution into realizing that nature is a very big piece of my life but not really integrating that in a knowledgeable way just intuitively being in the world and gravitating towards those things but not really integrating that as I have now because of the SE work um recognized the importance, not just the value, but the the importance of me connecting with nature um, and how that allows me to be able to continue to do my work um, and be the best version of me right, and right. for my clients, clients consequently. And so, um, yeah, that's lovely. And I, I love hearing when other people have different modalities that like you said, there's familiarity there with the Tao of trauma and the Chinese medicine. And you have, you know, it's almost like the culmination of all those trainings that you did do coming into and creating this container for the people that you work with. Right, exactly. And it makes me, you know, as you say that, it reminds me, and I think it's a reminder for all of us in however we work, that we all have our own way, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. You know, you were saying you've come from a mental health background and you're bringing your own way of working with clients. And I have my own way Mm -hmm. bringing occupational Mm -hmm. therapy and all these other trainings that, you know, my husband was constantly saying another training, but they've all come (laughs) together and they sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and we need that because it's so complicated. Trauma is so complicated. And I don't, I'm not a believer of there's a one size fits all. That's not, that's again, one of the reasons why I wanted to have 
this series and talk to people was out of my own curiosity, but so that others could listen to this conversation and realize the breadth and depth of what is available to them. Because I know that there's a strong, um, they're changing this in terms of the training, but there tends to be not a strong emphasis, but there tends to be a lot of mental health professionals in the training. Um, But I think they want to get away from, I don't know if pigeonholing is a proper term, but, you know, isolating the training for others that have that, you know, specific lens. It's not very specific because it's, you know, mental health in and of itself has tons of different modalities and lenses, et cetera, et cetera. But for the, you know, to be able to talk to someone like you that has this occupational therapy and, you know, Chinese medicine and, the Tao of trauma, like all these and Tai Chi, all of these different lenses that, you know, we're having this conversation that it's, to me, it fills in gaps that, you know, if we're not careful, we don't realize exist and we don't want that either. Yeah, no, no, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great that, that FBI is including, you know, just sort of looking for different types of folks to join the training, not just mental health professionals, but body workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's a different way that even body workers connect to SE. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's great to hear they're opening it up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm Definitely. excited to, to hear how the uh, one how the uh, Ottawa September training unfolds. I have a classmate from my cohort who's also assisting, so nice. I'll be hearing from her as well how yeah. things are unfolding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I considered assisting uh, in the London one. And then climbing just in the line. And now I'm contemplating assisting in the Tao of Trauma one. Oh, okay. It just, um, it's just something about the Tao of Trauma one that, I don't know, aligns with me more. And nice. it just, uh, the, our last training is actually this coming weekend on the earth element. And it's actually the last one about digesting. So when you think of trauma mm-hmm. and, you know, digesting our mm-hmm. experience and then fall is harvesting the lessons, right? So mm-hmm. it'll be a lot about uh, viscera work and literally. Mm-hmm it's digestion right so there's not enough time in the day like you know there's so many because I you're you're I'm kind of catching myself going don't look it up Julie (laughs) you don't have time to go to (laughs) there's just so much stuff um out there and so much opportunity so um just two more things before we get ready to wrap up and I think you've we've touched a little bit on uh, another question that I like to ask which is how has life um, changed for you since you've become an SEP? I know you just finished advanced, but you've been doing the work throughout the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, how has life changed for you, if at all? Oh, if at all, it definitely has. <laughs> <laughs> I would say professionally, yeah, I've been doing SE work with clients for almost two years now. Mm-hmm mostly virtually just mm-hmm. doing it um, in person starting to now and mm-hmm. just finding I'm in a rhythm and you know before I was sort of struggling about what am I doing with all these different modalities I just feel like Etsy has sort of created this path where things mm-hmm. are steady and yeah so it's it's nice to have that flow and consistency and feel like I'm you know I'm yeah it just feels good professionally and mm-hmm. you know I think SE personally made it has had a huge impact and I'm so 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 grateful for it mm-hmm. uh you know just the word that comes to me is presence I feel like mm-hmm. I have more presence in my own body in my own life 
almost makes me a little bit emotional thinking mm-hmm. of, you know, that I've had. It's so I've, rich. Yeah, it's so it's, rich to be there. It is. And to have a connectedness with the people in my life, you know, my, my partner, my kids, my mm-hmm. friends. And it comes back to, you know, your earlier question about why I got into SD. And I think of Burns' words on day one. He said, the vagus nerve is about connection. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, to sort of end our conversation in, in, on this question, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's what SE has done. It's facilitated connection for me mm-hmm. and personally with my, like everyone around me, you know, when we talk about the connectedness with others, with nature, it's just expanded things for me and mm-hmm. my life. And yeah, so I just, mm-hmm. I'm touched. I I, right. Yeah. Right. I'm even just getting all warm and fuzzy, even a little bit emotional just talking mm-hmm. to you because I know that um, there's an experience having been trained in the modality and connecting with others in the community as I am with you today. There's there's just a, you know, I don't know what the term is, like there's there's an understanding of a depth that I know I couldn't have recognized was even available to me having done the training Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at times it's, you know, there's so much personal work that we're doing to regulate our nervous systems and we start to be less afraid of the stuff that's coming up, which is often what we see our clients coming in with yeah. is that fear, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, in fact, I actually just recently booked a trip abroad I don't even know the person, but who's running it. She's an SEP. <laughs> so I'm going to travel by myself abroad to go to this retreat that she's running in Greece. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And she was uh, through someone else that was an assistant at one of my trainings. And so, you know, just so much respect for the people in the community, in the SE community, um, because that presence, I think for me is also what, when you are able to access that, There's something about being in the presence of someone else who's understanding the depths of what that is and how special and joyful it is. That connection, like, like you said, Burns said, the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. the ventral vagal side of the nervous system. And we crave that. And once we can access that, oh boy, oh boy, it's intoxicating. Intoxicating is a great word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The community you find in the SD world is just, yeah, depth exactly what you said that depth of connection you can find and the slowing down Mm -hmm. even in conversation it's let's just slow down and Mm -hmm. really listen to one another and yeah just yeah it's it's lovely now I definitely let's switch gears um for a moment I want to hear about your group work because I love groups and I love that you're offering some now, the one I'm looking at specifically that is coming up in, I believe it's the fall. Mm-hmm. Is this the returning home to your body, a somatic experiencing? The fall one is actually the Embodied Healing of Sexual Trauma six-week oh, okay. group. That starts uh, October, November. Okay, 2022. This year, yes. So mm-hmm. that's one group I offer. It's a six-week program, mm-hmm. uh, fairly small group. Mm-hmm. And then the one you're mentioning, the... Um, returning home to your body it's over COVID I was offering it every of each month at 12 Mm -hmm. noon and then I sort of slowed down this year just other things fell Mm -hmm. on my plate but Mm -hmm. I just resumed it again uh, this 
last month. Okay. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost, nice. yeah, it's, it's just a really basic sort of almost intro to mm -hmm. Etsy or sometimes I'll do practices with folks. It depends who shows up. I'm pretty mm -hmm. organic in that, in that mm -hmm. drop-in group. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice and it's very different doing mm -hmm. Etsy in a group type setting. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, so it is, it is, um, and it's, it's powerful too when yes. there's a group and people yes. can recognize, especially for like the embodied healing of sexual trauma, mm -hmm. this recognition of like, wow, I'm not alone. There's mm -hmm. other people here. The with normalizing me. of the abnormal situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, my last group, folks didn't even talk about any of their actual experiences, but just mm -hmm. knowing they're in this space where others can relate. I think even just that in itself was so powerful. Well, and the connection, you know, with others and you don't have to. And so when I did crisis work at a regional children's hospital, um, we would discourage the patients from, you know, making new friends essentially on the unit. And so by the time they would be discharged, they were exchanging phone numbers and emails. Mm -hmm. These are adolescents. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a lot of trauma bonding. They were bonding around their traumas. And it, right. we all knew as professionals that wasn't healthy. Um, but that's not what you're creating here at all. You're, you're creating the safety and the connection piece, which is exactly what we were just talking about, which is that um, ventral vagal side of the nervous system that we're helping them to build more capacity exactly to access exactly. that and so and i do even um group work is so normalizing for people you know where they hear where someone might you know be experiencing having difficulty going to sleep but they have you know a routine around certain things that they do before bed that when they're sharing that out loud they've not talked about their trauma they talked about mm -hmm. oh this is similar for me have you tried this, you know, and because the other person's maybe really stuck in their trauma, they can't even imagine, they can't even imagine, you know, right, right. That there's oh. something different. Yeah. 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 I and love I think, that you're, you're the first person that I've talked to that's doing SE group stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. It is, it is neat. Um, I'm contemplating having people volunteer assist me, you know, mm. so if anyone listens to this podcast down the road. Okay. Um, Nice. Just it's 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 also a lot to hold space for for a group, right? And I've I've offered women's retreats before in person mm -hmm. before COVID, not SE based. And I always had my friend and yoga teacher who would be there with me. And it makes a big difference to have mm -hmm. someone else helping with that container, just like in SE trainings, right? Yes, yeah. So um yeah. And I have an yeah. intern actually that's gonna start SE training. She would have started it long ago, but she just found a virtual one. She, and she's sort of in the Toronto area. I might put the two of you in touch because that might be something that she would love to get involved in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Connect us. And, you I know, will. right now my group is virtual anyway, so it doesn't mm -hmm. even matter where she is. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and the groups are nice. The other piece I find in, in, in my work anyway is, you know, I think people just suppress emotion so much mm -hmm. and in the groups when someone names, Oh, I'm feeling so much anger that I didn't realize I had. And then it just, it's like that, you know, undercoupled out of awareness mm -hmm. stuff for mm -hmm. other people in a group mm -hmm. and they realize, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I have anger too. And it just, mm -hmm. it's like this little, um, 
a little nudge like oh mm-hmm. right there's this which I hadn't recognized awesome oh yeah. that's so fantastic well I'm really excited for you to have that group and be able to do fantastic work with people and so I'll be keeping a close eye on your stuff so I can send people your way if uh you're looking for participants but I'm sure you probably fill up pretty quickly because also like you said you can't be working with big numbers it has to be Mm-hmm. For now, yeah. yeah. For now, mm-hmm. I, I prefer just to keep it small. But mm-hmm. something really an impulse. This hashtag that I use is coming up really strongly before mm-hmm. we leave. Please, yes. Just because our whole theme of our topic has been connection and how mm-hmm. trauma really creates a lot of isolation and loneliness. And mm-hmm. one of the hashtags I picked well before Essie was from loneliness to connection. Mm, from loneliness to connection to connection wow. and I picked that years before I found Essie <laughs> now that I'm here I'm thinking I somehow something in me knew that this was what this work is about yeah awesome yeah. hashtag from loneliness to connection I love it I love yeah. it thank yeah. you thank so you. much yes for um uh responding to my appeal to chat with you and for taking time out on your weekend to tape this episode with me i really appreciate your time and all the best to you now before we uh wrap up i did mention your website innerhealing.ca is that the best place for people to reach out if they're hearing this podcast and they want to connect with you yes okay my contact is that you can they can find my contact there too perfect Awesome. Thank, thank you, Julie. I really mm-hmm. appreciate you inviting me and also making time on your weekend mm-hmm. to, to chat about this mm-hmm. lovely yeah. realm of healing. <laughs> You're so welcome. All right. Take good care, Deep. You too, Julie. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that information provided in this podcast is not therapy and is not a substitute for receiving help from a licensed or regulated healthcare professional. For more information on this episode and links discussed here today, please see the show notes. Please also visit my website, which includes more resources and social media links, as well as ways of getting in touch with me at julieclarktherapy.com.